system and the obscure guardians of the degraded. Any concepts of commerce and science on these ships were secondary to the ordained penal purpose. Few aboard had commercial capacities, though a number of the gentlemen were part-time scientists. Their destination was to be not a home of the chosen, or even a chosen home, but a place imposed by authority and devised specifically with its remoteness in mind. The chief order of business for all of them, prisoners and guardians, was to apply themselves to a unique penal experiment. The merchant ships of the fleet were to return to Britain after discharging their felons, picking up cargoes of cotton and tea in China and India on the return journey. But because this outward cargo was debased, some in Britain expected never to hear again from the fleet's passengers. It was believed they would become a cannibal kingdom on the coast they were bound for, and, one way or another, devour each other. The idea of expelling convicts to distant places was not new. It had occurred to European powers from the fifteenth century onwards, once they began acquiring huge and distant spaces in the Americas, Africa, and Asia. As a policy, it could solve many problems at the one time, including the problem which in modern days would be designated NIMBY, not in my backyard. But the chief difference of opinion soon emerged. As early as 1584, Hakluyt's Discourse for Western Planting proposed that sturdy vagabonds should be sent away to the colonies, so that the fry of the wandering beggars of England that grow up idly and burden us to this realm may there be unladen, better bred up, and may people waste countries. Francis Bacon, however, debated the wisdom of unloading miscreants on far-off dominions in his essay of plantations. It is a shameful and unblessed thing to take the scum of people and wicked and condemned men to be the people with whom you plant. In reality, Hacklute would win the debate with Bacon. It was the scum of people and wicked and condemned men and women who made up the cargo of the criminal transports found in the Southern Ocean in the new year of 1788. It would not have consoled the condemned on those wind-tossed mornings as they stirred and complained in their eighteen inches of space on the convict decks, that, uniquely placed as they were, they were also part of a long European tradition of transporting the unfortunate and the fallen, beginning with Cromwell's transportation of many Irish peasants sent as labour to the plantations of the West Indies, and progressing to the 1656 order of the Council of State that lewd and dangerous persons should be hunted down for transporting them to the English plantations in America. In Britain, colonial penal arrangements were recourses governments thought of regularly. When prisoners were landed in the American colonies throughout the 17th and 18th centuries, settlers would buy a prisoner's labour, generally for seven years, at the auction block. The master took over the prisoner and troubled the authorities only in the case of escape or major unruliness. Between 1650 and 1775, some tens of thousands of prisoners were sent on these terms to America, perhaps as many as 120,000. Sometimes vagrants and the poor, idle person lurking in parts of London, would voluntarily let themselves be transported and sold with the criminals. The trade in convict or indentured servants was attractive to the British government because, unlike the prison system, it cost them little. 
merchants would transport them cheaply, sometimes for nothing, in return for what could be earned through selling the convict's labour. In fact, merchants often found this trade in white servants cheaper than that in African slaves. Between 1729 and 1745, the two chief contractors in London sent to America an average of 280 prisoners a year each, up towards 600 a year in total. Based on auction prices in Baltimore between 1767 and 1775, a convict's labour cost between £10 and £25, and it was possible for an affluent convict to bid for himself and do his time as, effectively, a free agent. But very few transported convicts could afford to buy their own labour or return home from Virginia, Maryland or Georgia, even if they survived the seasoning period, the first few years of malaria and other diseases which killed two out of five...